Good morning, church. How are we doing? Oh, that was that was a good, fairly energetic response. Can we maybe maybe do a bit better? I don't know. Maybe I'm not loud enough in the system. Like, you know, how are we feeling this morning, church? <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I was uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I trust we're having a great weekend. Um, it's an honour, really, to be asked uh, again to share this morning. Um, clearly, I haven't offended enough people over the last couple of times when I've spoken. Um, I, I want to just start out by uh, addressing a bit of an elephant in the room. So those of you that might have better eyesight than others, and um, those that know me quite well, like my mother, might be wondering why one side of my face is fatter than the other. I don't know if you've spotted that this morning. Um, but So for those of you, oh yeah, on, on this, the, you guys are my good side. These guys are my bad side. Um, basically, uh, it was a result of a bit of an incident at football yesterday. Um, it could have been a lot worse, and um, I was actually worried that I might not be able to speak this morning, um, but praise God, I'm all right, um, and uh, I'm really positive and excited um, to share this morning. Um, I've had the message title of Make the Call on my heart uh, for the last few weeks, actually, and it bears a lot of relevance to last week's panel um, and to something that Bruce um, Kevitt actually mentioned uh, a couple of weeks prior. Um, until Thursday this week, Dean wasn't aware of what I was going to speak on this morning, so a lot of, a lot of trust placed in me by Dean there, um, but that, I thought that was really encouraging. Um, isn't God good, you know, that um, he'll just, can, can use us um, for him, for his good. So uh, before I begin, um, I actually have to give a special mention uh, to the greatest sports team in the world, Liverpool, uh, newly crowned Premier League champions. I've been a... a I haven't, the, long, the wait for me hasn't been as long as for some that have followed them longer, but 19 years for me, I've been waiting for that, um, the being mocked and ridiculed by friends for, for many years through college and through university uh, about how my team wasn't good enough. In some ways, it feels like the Christian journey, you know, it's like just plugging on, you know, you've been beaten down, it's like taken so long to see that breakthrough, I don't know, it just... Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to kind of work them in, in there somewhere. It didn't quite sort of fit with the topic, but, you know, I just kind of had to get it in there somewhere. Um, so, yes, today's message is make the call. So, who has avoided making a phone call to someone before? Uh, maybe it was sales work, maybe, and you didn't want to face rejection. What was that? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. Uh, if uh, maybe you're delivering some bad news or fessing up something to the boss, um, is anyone brave enough to give give an example of a past situation? No one. Well, has anyone made had to make a phone call that uh, they were absolutely dreading, like you know, pit of the stomach, tension, anxiety, cold sweat, nausea, even kind of phone call. Um, well, in my prior work, I had to do a lot of co- fairly cold calling. It wasn't um, all completely cold, but it was probably lukewarm at the best of times. Um, it was 100% commission work too, so if there was no meeting, um, it meant no client, no commission, and therefore no income. Um, so the pressure was really on. Over time, I got a lot better at it, um, and the, the rejection sucked, but you got used to it. And Fortunately, though, I, I wasn't alone in it. Um, my colleagues and I were all going through a very similar experience. And it created for us what I can only imagine 
is similar to the type of camaraderie felt by you know, soldiers. Um, you know, they've gone through war together battling an enemy. Our enemy wasn't you know, someone wielding a gun, um, but a no on the other end of the phone. Uh, you know, it might sound trivial, but our livelihoods were on the line. And for those of us still in the office at 10 or 11 p.m., um, we would share stories with the more interesting uh, phone calls or meetings from the day. And over time, these stories of successes and failures, they created a real bond. Um, and I'm still really close friends with these people today. Um, one, one positive of the work was that there was a very high focus to training and upskilling. You know, a, a core part um, of this training each day was practicing you know, what we called uh, the scripts. Um, so the script we'd use when making a call to someone for the first time. Um, and some would put off making the necessary calls to make on that week over fear that they didn't have the scripts quite right. Um, or they would delay in calling their best lead, their, you know, their, their best opportunity, their prime candidate, um, over the fear that they would stuff it up or that they weren't perfect in their delivery you know, of, on, through that phone call. And now that the lead might be lost um, and that it would be a crushing blow for morale, perhaps. The reality was, though, that if we had forever stayed in practice mode, then we would never have gotten close to perfect um, or we would have been quickly out of a job. You know, when you, when you play a team sport, you know, you don't practice until you're perfect at the sport before you go and participate in a game. You know, anyone who takes that approach will never actually end up playing a game and, you know, we forever stuck in practice mode because, you know, unless you go out and play the game, you won't even know what level you're at, you won't know what specific things you need to work on and, you know, you won't know what perfection even looks like. You know, can, can we, um, you know, don't get me wrong, but, you know, practice is very important and great athletes spend you know, hours upon hours each week training and honing their ability. Um, but it's for the purpose of competing, for contending, not just being for the best at practicing or the best performing behind closed doors. You know, can, we, can we see where I'm going with this, church? So you know, attending church, attending home groups, reading or listening to the Word at home or in the car, privately worshipping God through music or art, praying... Now, these are all fantastic, wholesome, and really vital things um, that hone and develop our relationship with Jesus and our understanding of God and all his goodness. Um, but they aren't a substitute for getting stuck in with the game and sharing the good news with those around us. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean we all need to pop down to Courtney Place and stand on the soapbox. Um, but, you know, it does mean a conscious effort to bring God into the lives of those that are around us you know, and the love of Christ. You know, Matthew 28, verse 19 says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can't just stay in behind closed doors practice mode. You know, how often are we afraid to talk to others about Christ? You know, maybe, and, and I don't exclude myself on this either, by the way, um, you know, maybe they think we won't be interested, that they'll be offended, that they'll think less of us, uh, that you might lose a friendship or a relationship over it. Perhaps you, know, you think the timing might not be right, uh, that you're not ready, you're nervous, you want to practice what to say first, you don't know what to say. You know, we can probably think up plenty more excuses or, or reasons, but you, know, you get the idea. And with those in mind, I want to talk to a few of the potential barriers that uh, we face in our daily lives that hold us back from sharing about our relationship with Christ and to give some practical suggestions 
for how we can look to bring Christ into the lives of those around us, perhaps overcoming some of those obstacles in the process. So to start with, perhaps your fear in talking about Christ is that you'll face opposition. Maybe there's no tolerance for it in the workplace, no no tolerance for talking about religion or, or about your relationship with Christ, or perhaps you fear that you'll make enemies or be disliked or rejected. Uh, you know, Isaiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, I love the imagery, the prophecy, uh, and the declaration present in it. Uh, looking at Isaiah 41, verse 8 to 10, it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, who I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you, such as New Zealand. I said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In Matthew 10, verse 28, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In John 16, verse 33, as Jesus is talking to his disciples before his betrayal, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's inevitable that we will face opposition at some point. However, it's so important that we continue to remind ourselves that God has our back. During the week, what are we feeding on? I don't mean food, but rather, what are we spending our time watching and doing? So much of what is present in the media, whether it be the six o'clock news, stuff, uh, or content on the the likes of Netflix, is negative and designed to prey on people's fears. Painting a world that is without hope, um, as if our mighty God is powerless. We know that this isn't true, but often we spend more time filling our minds with that message than with God's message. You know, Philippians 4 verse 8, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, perhaps holding you back from sharing about Christ is waiting for the perfect timing. Um, I'm not sure about you, but you know, there have been times when there was an invi- invitation for me to talk about my relationship with Christ, and I didn't take it because you know, there were others around, Uh, or the timing just didn't seem perfect for one reason or another. Uh, And then when that seemingly perfect time comes, you know, you're like, oh, this this is a prime moment, you know, it's like your heart's pounding and you feel like God's going, you know, Joel, come on, you know, this is is a great opportunity. You know, and you don't take advantage, uh, I'm certainly um, culpable of that, of not taking advantage of the opportunity because of the fear of speaking poorly or rejection or some other reason. You know, the, the truth is, we don't need to have perfect circumstances to bring Christ into others' lives. You know, we just need to be willing and available to share him with others. You think about Christ himself. He was born into a stinking animal shed in a manger following an arduous and long journey for a first-time mother. And that's no one's idea of perfect place or timing. But in God's eyes, it was the idea of perfect place and timing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened there. You know, often our idea of perfect timing is not actually perfect timing. You know, for God's power is made perfect in our weakness. 
And that's when we're most reliant on him. In, in Luke 12, verse 11, it says, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You know, perhaps holding you back from sharing about Christ is a fear of whether others will be interested. You know, we're right now at a time of mass upheaval, fear and uncertainty. You know, we're in a world desperate to feel valued and loved, but looking for it in all the wrong places. Many are now after answers and help where they previously weren't willing or interested in it. The world you know, is constantly seeking for the truth of everything, especially so in the age of fake news, intentionally provocative media headlines, and mass international flows of information. The word says in Jeremiah 29, 13-14, uh, Deuteronomy and Proverbs and Matthew as well, that those who earnestly seek the truth will find it. So if we are trying to gauge whether people are or aren't interested in our relationship with Christ before sharing about him, are we making ourselves the judge of who is earnestly seeking the truth? So if we're trying to gauge whether people are or aren't interested in our relationship with Christ before sharing about him, are we making ourselves the judge of who is earnestly seeking the truth? You know, our job isn't to qualify for God who is earnestly seeking and who isn't. It's to be open and available to be used by Christ as the Holy Spirit prompts us. So, you know, what can we practically do to bring God into the lives of others? Well, start asking questions. You know, Jesus often asked more questions than gave answers. You know, asking questions is an opportunity to hear the opinions of others, to understand their viewpoint uh, and where they're at. You know, for example, how was your experience of lockdown? How did your family manage? Secondly, asking questions that you want to be asked in return. You know, often during a conversation, after answering a question, people will ask back that very same question. You know, think about how many phone calls start with, hey, how are you going? Oh, good, thanks. How about you? You know, humans naturally, we, we mimic and we repeat others. So, for example, um, you know, asking about what they did in the weekend that could turn into an opportunity to talk about church um, when they ask about how your weekend was in return. Thirdly, you know, take gradual steps. If talking about Christ is a really daunting thing for you, and I understand that that's a reality for many of us, you know, start by mentioning having been to church on a Sunday. You know, combine some of the, um, the practical steps there. So you know, make it a goal, perhaps, to have that conversation with one colleague this week, and then next week extend that to two, for example. You know, over time, it will feel more and more natural and you'll become more comfortable with talking about church and your relationship with Christ. You know, the more that we do something, the more natural it seems. Fourth, be consistent. So you know, be consistent in talking to that colleague, for example, and asking what they did in the weekend. You know, noting your time spent at church or what God has been doing in your life. And over weeks, months, you know, years, as you keep intentionally building that relationship, they'll very likely ask more questions about your faith. 
you know, fifth, commit first. You know, sometimes we need to commit to making something happen first and then figure out the rest along the way. You know, for example, maybe there's someone that you've been meaning to invite over or to meet with for a coffee, for a, for a God conversation, or just to check in with how they're doing. But maybe you haven't done so yet because you really wanted to plan what you were going to say. You know, my suggestion actually is make that call today or tomorrow, set the day and time, and watch how that commitment will force you to prioritise preparing yourself for that conversation. You know, if Dean had asked me three or four weeks ago, as he did, to prepare a message for some time in the future uh, and to let him know when I was ready, I can guarantee you that I wouldn't have been up here today. I'd still be probably planning or preparing. Next, pray for opportunities and boldness. Now, try starting each day this week by praying that God will provide you with opportunities to bring Christ into the lives of others and that he would fill you with the courage and willingness to respond to these opportunities as they come up. I don't know if some of you remember Neville Bartley. He, I vividly remember him coming talking with the youth and how that's how he would start every day. And he began to see so many opportunities just in his daily life to, to make a difference, um, to speak into others' lives. Um, but part of it is, is persistence. Um, next, get in touch again. You know, who have you been feeling convicted to make contact with or to reach out to? You know, don't wait until your idea of the perfect time. If there's someone that's popped into your mind just now as I'm talking, you know, what can you do to connect with them this week, to hear what they're going through, and to share a bit about what God has done in your life during and since lockdown, for example? Next, invite people over. Now, Christ's ministry was hugely based around food. Think about the feeding of the multitude, the 5,000, the fish overflowing in the disciples' net, you know, Jesus visiting the home of Zacchaeus, and, and on and on. There's, there's so many examples. You know, the parables around the mustard seed, the yeast, the wheat, the farmer scattering the seeds. You know, right now, there is a lot of seclusion and separation happening around the world especially, but in New Zealand also. You know, people appreciate and need the company of others. And I don't think any amount of you know, Zoom or, or Skype or Microsoft Teams is ever going to replace the need for being in person with others. Okay. Offer to help. You know, is there someone that you know that is in need of help to repair something? Maybe they're an overworked single parent that you know is in need of a home-cooked meal delivered. Um, offering to help someone before uh, being asked is a, demonstrate, a demonstration of thoughtfulness. And that's certainly something I can work on at home with the dishwasher. <laughs> you know, include. Is there someone in the workplace, within your sports team, you know, in your neighbourhood, that's often left out or forgotten about? You know, how can you make them feel included and cared about this week? You know, Christ hung out with the biggest outcasts of society. Um, Zacchaeus, as I previously mentioned. So you know, let's be bold to step out in faith and make the call this week, not necessarily a phone call, but the call to be courageous and to consciously make an effort to bring Christ into the lives of those around us. Fear not, for God is with us and will uphold us. As the band comes up, I'd just like to close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this awesome group of people that are here that you love so much. 
I thank you, Lord, for how blessed really we are as a nation that you know, we have so much freedom and we're in you know, such a, um, a so much healthier position in terms of you know, the, health, the health of people um, around the country compared to some other countries out there that are going through some really awful times. You know, but as a nation, Lord, we're not free of, uh, of mental illness and of, um, of loneliness and of, um, and of separation from you. So Lord, I just pray that this week you would help us all to be attuned to the opportunities that come up in our lives to be light to those around us, to be courageous just to even make a small step, you know, as, as small as a mustard seed. Um, I thank you, Lord, your word points out that mustard seed, though, st- though it starts small, grows into something huge. Um, and so, Lord, I thank you that you can use us as small um, and seemingly insignificant as we are to make a big, big difference in the lives of those around us and in the community around us. So I just pray, Lord, that you provide us with courage uh, and with boldness this week uh, to, uh, yeah, to, to take up the opportunities uh, or to make an effort to create an opportunity to share your love with those around us. Thank you, Lord, uh, how awesome um, and how much, uh, how awesome you are and how much you care about us. Jesus.